I can't be the only person who hates the warnings at the start of TV shows. Warning, the following TV show contains smoking, violence, gore, and nudity, and then there's no nudity. If you're going to get my hopes up, you have to follow through. Uh, and there's no nudity and I'm destroyed. Yeah, I'm like I want my money back. <laughs> Welcome to Mashup 63 folks. You know, we were just having a discussion before we got going on here. It's like how how do we decide whether there's a, whether there's going to be a rant or no rant? Do we do it, the listeners are going to come up with something, aren't they? You know, we 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 had uh, uh, a sponsor and then another guy chime in being like, hey, uh, can I pay money to have two's rent? And I'm like, well, uh, uh, I actually don't know the answer to this, right? I, yes, yes, I guess. I will phone you and rant sure. if you pay me. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we're like, let's let the listeners have this. <laughs> we, 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 we could do ones for everybody to hear and see, or I we could do private consultation rants for a nominal uh, fee. For a nominal fee. Anyways. Yeah. You know what's funny? I, I I started Patreon back up, so I'm gonna talk Tom Luongo, and for the next six months, I'm gonna try and do Patreon. I and one of the first requests I got from a, one of the Patreons is like, can we like, can we just get like some bonus footage of the the Tuesday mashup? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure me and Tues can make that happen for you, right? Because Patreon's a paywall, right? What do they want to see? Um, exactly. I'd have just to, just more stories or us bantering back and forth. Ba- the banter, and the after banter, the show. I, yeah, yeah, like, I, I, yeah. I, I think they just wanted a little bonus footage of the of the Tuesday mashup. And I chuckled. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure me and Twos could pull something up, toss it on Patreon, and have a little bit of fun that way. Like, I'm I'm sure that'd be great. Maybe I'll just hand over the mic and and let Twos have a rant or two on it and and put it behind there so people can have a chuckle. I think it's great. Maybe I'm going to run out of stuff to rant about one of these days, Sean. Um, in today's world, twos? No, I, I would disagree. I don't think you're going to have any problem there. Um, in saying that, uh, Mashup 63 means a new uh, a, a new Mashup sponsor. Like, we, we just yeah. had Zeebs for one, and now we're on to Phoenix Energy Services. Uh, he, power... Do you know if he got that hat? I don't know if he did get the hat. I'd actually, I actually don't know. I mean, the guy never answers his damn phone, so... <laughs> I don't know. I left it on the <laughs> gate of the. I left it on the gate of the shop because nobody was there. Nobody was answering the phone, and I tried following up. Uh, but he keeps great hours, so you guys should definitely look into him. <laughs> Phoenix Energy uh, Mashup sixty three brought to you by Phoenix Energy Services, powering your future together. Electrical engineering, instrumentation, electrical focal automation. Um. Cybersecurity, IT, OT, Rodfather Compressions, Safety Services, Locations Grand Prairie, Fort St. John, Edson, Edmonton, Red Deer, Calgary, at Phoenix Energy Services. They're, we're powered by people, driven by expertise. Partner with us for all your energy needs. All you got to do is go to uh, phoenixenergy.ca to learn out more. I got approached by John, uh, one of the guys from Phoenix, and he is uh, an absolute gem of a human being and uh, when he's he's like so how do i get on the the mashup this was like maybe a week after drew amc electrical had given us the idea i'm like well actually and so anyways the the story behind phoenix getting on board was like almost like literally right at the start and within a week 
you know, we, we kind of went a little bit haywire there for a bit, twos, on, on the year selling out. So yeah. uh, shout out to John and the team over at Phoenix for hopping aboard the Tuesday mashup. He's like, we, we don't really need advertising, uh, but I would certainly love to team up with you guys. So uh, shout out to... Well, that's to, appreciated. And don't let the fact that they're an engineering company turn you off. They do other stuff, too. Uh, did I mention that I'm, uh, we should point out, we are not live streaming this one. This is the first one in nope. a very long time we haven't, because Sean's going on holidays. It's at a weird time when we're doing this. We're like, to live stream it makes zero sense. Two, Sean is extremely hungover because he was out partying last night at his brother's 40th birthday. I didn't Happy make it Happy birthday, that, Harley. Yeah, didn't make it that late, but we had fun. And, um... Yeah, uh, the the big guy turning turning forty. So uh, to all the people looking for the live stream on Monday night, it's not there. It's just a Tuesday mashup like we used to do. And uh, yeah, anyways, uh, holidays coming. This will be the the last one I do from the studio for a while. It'll be uh, it'll be south of the border, twos. South of the border. Woo-hoo! I'm looking forward to the next broom closet episode. Well, here's the thing. By the time by the time I get down there for the next mashup. I'll actually be in the basement of a house, so I actually won't have the broom closet this time. Well, you'll have the Rugrats running around. Well, that'll we'll be fun. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We always figure it out. Let's let's get this sucker on the road, shall All we? Right. Um, here we go. Let's let's start with everyone's favorite broke economy mountain. Now we're we're talking about uh, the stampede. So let's start with a few photos here, shall we? We got Pierre Polyev flipping yeah. pancakes. You got Justin Trudeau flipping pancakes. What happened? He even said in an interview he's been working on his pancake flipping skills. That thing looked oh, like yeah, a- I'm sure he he got a quick like one of his chefs was like, "You seriously need me to show you show how you how to flip pancakes? a ca- pancake?" Okay, yeah. well this is it. You just you, you go underneath the pancake. And you give it a half turn, <laughs> not a quarter turn, not a three quarters turn, a half a turn, and then you flop it back down. All right, here, here, here's Pierre Polyev once again with his wife riding, riding. in the parade. Yeah, and and like, who, who's doing the style and makeup for Pierre right now? He looks like a bloody rock star. You know, I don't know. Like, whoever does Tom Cruise, maybe. Yeah, honestly. And then here's how, here's outside Trudeau's, Trudeau's hotel. hotel. Okay, well, I mean, on the bright side, Trudeau finally found a parade he wouldn't march in, so there's that. <laughs> uh, I but mean, he actually stuck around for two days this year, and that's did. the first time he's done it in a very long time because it's always been sneak in at the last second and then, you know, do a quick closed just very controlled photo up and then get the hell out and don't tell anybody you're even there until you're already in the air going somewhere else. But this time he stuck around for an extra day because there's a by-election coming up in a few weeks. I guess, I guess about 15 days or something like that. And so, you know, he had a $1,700 a plate fundraiser and I'm guessing he made $3,800 off of that. And then, and then he was trying to drum up support to to win this by election. No word yet on whether he'll have George Chahal go around stealing flyers from other can, uh, candidates. Uh, you know, 
do they realize how like uh, does he realize he doesn't realize i don't even know why i ponder this question well he he knows he's not liked here right i realize but and he, then and then but, he shows up you know cosplaying he's dressed like a cowboy right. you know what it's cultural appropriation our culture is not your costume justin yeah here we go flying dutchman goes missing now Let's get to the notes, folks, shall we? We'll see how I do on my reading skills tonight. Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte uh, visited the King Saturday to turn in the res... res see, this is going to be a long, long night. Resignation of his four-party coalition and set the deeply divided Netherlands on track for general election later this year. The vexed issues of reigning in migration that has troubled uh, countries across Europe for years was the final stumbling block that brought down Rutte's government Friday night. Exposing the deep ideological differences between the four parties that made up his uneasy coalition. Now, it's likely to dominate campaigning for an election that is still months away. Uh, and then there was another note at the very bottom. The fall of the government comes just months after a new populist pro-farmer party, the Farmers Citizens Movement, known by its Dutch acronym BBB, uh, shocked the public. Build back uh, better. <laughs> shocked the Political establishment by winning provincial elections, the party is already the largest bloc in the Dutch Senate and will be a serious threat to Rutt's People's Party for Freedom and Democracy. Okay, so this is... I know next to nothing about the Netherlands other than they, they quite like us. You know, or at least for the past 70 years, anyhow. So this article has the Socialist Party speaking out against this dude, the Farmers Party the uh, Christian Democrats, and then there was one other party in there too. Like, it doesn't matter what end of the spectrum you're on. Everybody hates this dude, apparently. <laughs> and, you know, you well, it's it's interesting that the, the Farmers Party, like, obviously, every country should have a party where the farmers are, are represented. But the fact that they have a specific Farmers Party, and, like, they're one of the biggest agricultural countries in the world right so it, it does kind of make sense but after all the shenanigans that have been going on with them trying to say that they're gonna basically force people to let the land go fallow and you know just no farming's allowed to cap emissions and just kneecap that entire industry that i would argue is fairly critical oh fairly important and then now all of a sudden you know you you piss off the wrong people you don't want to piss off a farmer and now it's the fastest growing party in their country. That's, Correct. you know, it's bad that it happened, but it's wonderful that it's happening. If that makes sense. Oh, I think it certainly does. And, uh, it's interesting to watch what's going on with the Netherlands. Cause we don't get, you know, like our news cycle doesn't feed us a whole bunch of, uh, information about Despite it. Despite the fact that this is really interesting. Yes. This is very interesting. But, I mean, very but, pertinent. I would love to know more about this stuff. Yeah, but the funny thing is, is every time I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. I'd love to know more. Our media doesn't talk about it. It's like, <laughs> you wonder the why they're dying. talking about it. We don't know a damn thing. <laughs> Those are rookie numbers. A new research poll uh, said fewer Albertans are openly welcoming the concept of outright sovereignty by leaving Canada. In an online survey of representative provincial, uh, a representative provincial sample, only 22% of Albertans agree with the idea of Alberta becoming a country independent from Canada, down three points since a similar research uh, survey was conducted in February 2021. While only 9% of Alberta Albertans who voted for the NDP in the year's provincial election favor the idea of Alberta, <laughs> Alberta's independence, 
the purport, I can't imagine voting anyways, the NDP. The proportion rises to 29% among the those who cast ballots for the governing UCP. Uh, but a, a third, there was a whole bunch, it had a whole bunch of different options that laid out and all the percentages. A third of Albertans aged 35 to 54, so 33%, endorsed the concept of a nation that featured Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and British Columbia as, as its com- components. Yes, with an asterisk. You want the northern part of the outlier provinces. You know, Winnipeg can stay where it is. It can go back, that whole area can go back to being the postage stamp province. If there's some history nuts, they're going to know what I'm saying. And I say we just take the top half of BC. You know, you can keep Vancouver Island. You can keep Vancouver. You can keep your safe consumption sites. I get the fact that there's fewer and fewer of them every day because everybody's dying. But there's still too fucking many and they're going to dilute the voter base. You you don't want Vancouver to no, no, keep it. You guys can have it. Actually, it's something like the, it's it's a very busy port when it's not on strike, which it is right now, by the which way. Which it is. Yes. We should probably talk about that at some point. Well, we can but right now. It, it's it's, it's on strike. I, yeah, it's on strike. Moving along. Uh, <laughs> anyways, it's it's a busy enough port. There's enough money coming through there. It could probably, if you had northern bc go with alberta saskatchewan and northern manitoba it could almost make its own case for just being a little tiny independent micronation on friday i had martin armstrong on the podcast i haven't listened to it yet so don't spoil anything but if it's interesting go with it well i'll I'll, I'll spoil one thing for you he what did i just say sean (laughs) he says that canada splits up that's what the computer shows he also says the united states splits up and well, so if I mean, you believe, if you if you trust in what Martin Armstrong is talking about and what Socrates' computer is talking about, uh, that means, you know, the West goes with the West, is what he was uh, basically talking about. Northern California has been trying to separate for a long time. You've got most of Oregon that is just like, let Portland burn, and we're going to join Idaho or whatever the hell is next to them. And there's, there's a lot of... There's a lot of things like that in the world. Um, the northeast part of Spain, I think it's Catalan, has been wanting separation for a while. You've got parts of the Honduras that want to ind- work independently. And here's the thing. They're the people living there. If they want to try something out and they say, this doesn't work for me, who are you to tell them that on their own goddamn land, they're fucking wrong and they're obliged to pay tithes to your bullshit? I'm gonna. I, I, I'm gonna. Before I say the next one, I gotta tell you that I went to Irma, Alberta, on the weekend. Yeah, and on Friday, actually, how's Daryl? By the way, yeah, great. It was it was a great fun time. Daryl Sutter was there. Uh, Bob Stoffer from Oilers now, uh, and then uh, Jerry Johansson, who I had never met before, NHL agent. I think Bob Stoffer said their agency is the fourth biggest in the NHL. That's not the point of the story. This the the point of the story is Irma, Alberta. I got first hats off to you. I guess they made an impression, folks. But what I was really surprised about was they had their banquet for the ball uh, golf tournament in the school. And I, I'm sitting there and I'm talking. I'm like, how how did you get it so you could have alcohol in a gym? And they're like, oh, when we fundraise money for, and once again, please reach out to the people from Irma for the exact details of this. But this is how my brain recalls it. Are you going to get the busted by AGLC? No. Should I no, just no. cut your mic right now? They literally 
They literally do, uh, raised enough money so that they could have their gym be a community hall. So you can rent it out after hours. It's, it's set up like a, it's, it looks identical to a gym, but it has community hall features on it. Like it has um, uh, like a full kitchen and like everything set up a bar spot so they can have like a, you know, like a concession open so yeah. they can have. Anyways, I'm like, this is brilliant. Like a dual use facility where, you know, in a small town of 500 people. You know, they the got more a, use you can get out of a building, the better. Absolutely, and it, it's a state-of-the-art facility. I'm like, wow, every little community should be doing this. This is like really, really smart. Anyway, so my hats off to Irma, Alberta, because um, uh, I, I was just, I was just floored by it. I was like, this is you, you drive into Irma. It's Irma. I was like, how many people live here? Five hundred. Okay. I'm like, where, where am I going tonight? They're like, uh, drive to the first stop sign. Okay. okay. Drive to the second stop sign. Okay. And look left, and it's the brand new building. You can't miss they it. They have like, two stop signs? They <laughs> and I drive up, and I look One over, and I'm like, be new. holy crap, that is a new building. Like, it's a new four-year-old school. Beautiful. Anyways, there you go. Short little story on Irma, Alberta. Edmonton bureaucracy Russian to make bad decision. Uh, the Edmonton, or the Russian pavilion will not be part of the 2023 Edmonton Heritage Festival. The Edmonton Heritage Festival Association Board announced on Friday. The board says the decision was made due to safety concerns as a result of the ongoing conflict in Ukraine and will be reviewed on an annual basis going forward. Uh, in a statement, this is stupid. Like, are are they worried that that the Russian pavilion is going to annex the Crimean booth next to it? Uh, in a statement on Friday, the Russian Heritage Cultural Development Association, like the man, the, the names of these things. Uh, was disappointed. Oh, so here, here's the Russian heritage culture saying it was disappointing. The safety concerns were cited as uh, as a cause to exclude exclude the Russian pavilion. In a quote, a quoted, uh, "It is very unlikely, uh, very likely that the organizers of the festival festival depend on the city of Edmonton's support when it comes to safety. It is embarrassing the city is not able to guarantee safety at a public event, and that the only solution to the problem is to exclude a group of Canadians based on their ethnic background." The group wrote. Ironically, this is happening at an event that is meant racist. to celebrate diversity and inclusiveness in our society. Okay, and here's the kicker. Is everybody who is going to be at that Russian pavilion no longer lives in Russia. They don't live underneath Vladimir really? Putin. They're not fighting for the Krauts or not the Krauts, the um, whatever. Like just the commies, the commies. Yeah, like these these are people who are Canadian citizens who are now living in Canada. They're not part of Russia and the Ukrainians aren't part of Ukraine anymore. And the fact that you're just like, oh, well, you know what? You don't have the right accent, right? <laughs> like this is this is the kind of shit where we locked up the, the Japanese in World War Two and had our own concentration and the, camp. And the Germans, yeah. Right? Like this is this is insane. Like these these aren't the people that the world is fighting. No matter where you stand on this whole Ukraine Russia thing. The fact of the matter is, is that the people who are going to be at that pavilion are in no way involved whatsoever. So fuck right off with your isolationist bullshit. And if you're going to have any isolationist bullshit to deal with anybody in Asia, maybe go after the people who had a wet market a couple years ago. Where's where's the reparations for that, by the way? Like, honestly, why are we not sending them a big fucking bill for several trillion dollars 
And everybody who lost their business can just get a big check for the difference, courtesy of Xi Jinping. Ice cream idiots between Rocky Road and Hard Place. Climate, but this is like, there's like, I don't know, you sent me a fuck ton of articles on this. But anyways, climate change has likely increased the frequency of weather events that cause landslides in Quebec, like the one that killed two people a week ago in Saginaw. Uh, oh, oh, we're talking, you're, you're, you're looking at the wrong article. I'm looking at the wrong article? You're oh, at I jumped ahead. I jumped ahead. No. Okay. Just just pretend you guys didn't hear that. It's going to be a surprise in two minutes. Anyways, we'll go back. An indigenous tribe descended from the Native American nation. Talk about the first article first. The the Ben and Jerry's article. Oh, no. You want me to pull up the Ben and... Come on, folks. Okay. Here, here. You know? Oh, my God. Have another scotch. Rookie rookie hour on the mashup. Sean's ready to get on. Excuse Sean. He's never done this before. Okay, so Ben and Jerry's, for those of you following along at home, Ben and Jerry's tweeted about how it's brutal that all these colonizers and settlers stole all the native land and that it should be given back to the people who used to live there. Fair enough, virtue signaling bullshit, do whatever you will with it. And then... And then... This gets ruined. And an indigenous tribe descended from the Native American nation that originally controlled the land in Vermont... The Ben and Jerry of Ben and Jerry's headquarters is located on would be in, interested in taking it back. Its chief has said, after the company publicly called for stolen lands to be returned. Don Stevens, chief of the Nulligan Band of Kuzik Abenaki Nation, one of the four descended from Abenaki that are recognized in Vermont, told Newsweek it was always interested in reclaiming the stewardship of our lands, but that the company had not yet approached them. Yeah. So Ben and Jerry said. We need to give all the stolen Native American land back to the Native Americans. And then the Native Americans who used to live where their headquarters is in Vermont said, okay, that's cool. Can you give us that land back, please? And they've gone silent. And then silent. they stopped taking calls. <laughs> uh, you can't make that up, Tuz. Like, uh, you know, the, the world says some funny things. You know, there's some funny stories just come up. Just talk about just, you know. Like, they just, just didn't think about it? Yep. They didn't think about it. They put the tweet out, and they're like, and they still have the tweet up, which is great. And actually, yep. I can't believe that's Ben and Jerry's account. Like, I'm like, this is actually their Twitter account? This is sad. Oh, well, I mean, they're they're fairly well known for virtue signaling bullshit. But, yeah, they just, they got enough rope, and they hung themselves. And now they're, they're I mean, this is the thing. Socialism is great until you run out of other people's money. And you want to be a far left idealist talking about um, giving land back to the to the descendants of people who had it hundreds of years ago. Okay, people, they're like, all right, well, if you think this is important, can you please get the ball rolling on this? They're like, oh, well, we didn't mean our land. We just meant other people's land. Hope they don't shit on you, Bubbles. Shit on who? Shit hawks. Big. Dirty shit. Uh, everything is racism. No, 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 wait. Everything is co- No, wait. Everything is climate change. Climate change, twos. Let's get this thing right, shall we? Climate yeah. change is likely to increase the frequency of weather events that cause landslides in Quebec, like the one that killed two people a week ago in Saguenay, Lac St. John region, said a researcher who studies natural risks. That's one article. Then it's 
This is already the worst wildfire season on record. It's not even July yet, said Lee. I think they're here in northern Ontario. Actually, the air quality and the smoke is actually one of the first real indicators for many people that climate change impacts are upon us. Then fast forward. Sayward RCMP are investigating wildfires on the northeast coast of Vancouver Island, believing they may have been started intentionally. The British Formula One driver, and now we, we keep going down, here's another article. The British Formula One driver, Lando Norris, has warned that protesters would be stupid and selfish and endangering lives targeting this weekend's British Grand Prix. Norris co uh, comments echoed those of organizers of meeting of the meeting who had appealed for protesters not to disrupt the event as their actions may present a genuine danger of putting lives at risk. You think jumping on a track with, uh, you know, some of the fastest cars in the world racing each other? No, that, that seems like a brilliant plan. And yep. uh, there was one other article in there where it cites a whole bunch of fires in Alberta, basically have unknown sources of how they started, and they're looking into that as well, 175 of them to be exact. Okay, now... The real focal point I wanted to look at here is that climate change is causing too much rain in Quebec, which is causing landslides, and it's killing Quebecers, which in some weird way the article posts as being a bad thing. But then it also says that climate change is causing a bunch of wildfires in Ontario. Now, Sean, I, um, I'm just pu pulling an audible here. Sure. I am going to share the screen. I need you to let me go on here. Okay, here is a map of Canada. This purple part here is Ontario. And the part right next to it that's green, it's green because of our equalization payments, is fucking Quebec. Okay? So in provinces literally right next to each other, climate change is causing, there's too much rain causing landslides. And it's too dry, causing forest fires right fucking next to each other. That's correct, that's, is. That's, that's climate that's, change. Yeah. This is what climate change does. I can't believe you're making fun of this. I'm just kind of pointing out that, that the same people who said everything is racism. You know, when it, it's white flight if if everybody wants to leave the, the city. And then it's, um, uh, what do you call it? Well, we've had we've had everything. You know, it's just, just everything. Everything, everything is, was racism. Everything's racism at some point or another, right? And then everything was COVID. Every death was COVID. Guys get hit by a train. Another COVID. sad COVID death. Flying there cow. Yeah, COVID. Flying cow. COVID death. <laughs> there was literally that like nine or thirteen year old boy with stage four brain cancer, brain cancer that they said was a fucking COVID death. Everything was COVID. And now that COVID's nothing to worry about anymore because the science is settled, now everything is climate change. Everything is climate change. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of funny to watch. I don't know. That's me. Even socialists are far right, according to the CBC. Um, RCMP officers have arrested two people and charged one with three terrorism uh, offenses in a first-of-its-kind case. Mounties charged Patrick Gordon McDonald, a 26-year-old Ottawa man, in participating or with participating in the activity of a terrorist group, facilitating terrorist activity, and commission of an offense for terrorist group willful promotion of hatred. Hatred. The case is uh, this case is the first in Canada in which an individual advocating a violent far-right ideology has been charged with both terrorism and hate. Propaganda, said uh, the RCMP in a news release. According to Public Safety Canada, 
The Autumn Adam, not Autumn, Adam Waffen Division was founded in 2013 in the United States and is a neo-Nazi group. It also goes by the name National Socialist Order (NSO). It was listed as a terrorist group, a terrorist entity. National Socialist, Socialist Order is a far-right group. The Socialist Order, <laughs> the National Socialist Order, is a far-right group. How far left do you need to be, Sean? Before the socialists are right-wing extremists. Because that's what <laughs> is right now. This is a CBC article talking about the far-right extremist socialists. We live in the upside down right now where nothing makes sense. This is, you know, it's just like Pac-Man. They just kept going left and then they popped up on the right side. You know, they're just like, oh, it's this is far-right. They're insane. And nobody calls them out on this idiotic bullshit. Well, this, we call never them out ending on it. diet. We call them out on this it. This is far right. This is far right. This is far right. The Everything, socialist, yeah. the far right. You know what? You could have. You could have went. It's not about racism anymore. It's not about uh, COVID anymore. You could have maybe went. Everything is far right. That that yeah. might that that might be yeah. another new headline that we we continually talk about. Everything's far right. We're far right. Ooh, we're far. We're right. gonna need. We're gonna need some sort of a, a capitalism tax to get rid of the far right stuff. <laughs> Every time somebody makes money, they've got to pay taxes. And then and then no one's going to make money anymore. Oh, wait. I think that's kind of where we're at. Uh, digital signatures becoming increasingly lax. This might have been the best story of the entire week. I'm, i I got to be honest. I, I, I started copying. And I'm like, man, I'm about to read the entire article. So here we go. Oh, it must have been extremely good if you read the whole article, Sean. <laughs> Certainly was, folks. Be careful before you casually dash off another thumbs off, uh, thumbs up emoji. A Canadian court has found that the symbol can affirm that a person is officially entering into a contract. The case questioned whether a farmer in Saskatchewan, always the farmers, had agreed to sell 87 metric tons of flax to a grain buyer in 2021. The buyer had signed the contract and texted a photo of it to the farmer who responded with a, texting back a thumbs up emoji. The farmer, Chris Actor... Uh, contended the thumbs up emoji simply confirmed that I received the flax contract and that it was not confir uh, confirmation that he agreed to the terms of the deal according to the ruling. He said he understood the text to mean that the complete contract would follow by fax or email for me to review and sign. The grain buyer, Kent Mickleborough, pointed out that when he had texted the photo of the contract to Mr. Actor's cell phone, he had written, please confirm flax contract. So when Mr. Actor replied with a thumbs up emoji, Mr. Mickleborough and had said he understood that Mr. Actor was agreeing to the contract and that it had been his way of signaling the agreement. The judge noted that Mr. Actor and Mr. Mickleborough had had a long-standing business relationship, and then in the past, when Mr. Mickleborough had texted Mr. Actor contracts for Durham Wheat, Mr. Actor had responded by succinctly texting, looks good, okay, or yup. Justice Keene ruled last month that there had been a valid contract between the parties and that Mr. Actor had breached it by failing to deliver the flax. The judge ordered Mr. Actor to pay damages of $82,000. He caught a lot of flax over that one, hey? So I don't even know where we're at in this world, honestly. Like I, I could understand back in the day 
when you're signing on to a shipping contract in medieval um, Portugal and you don't know how to read or write and you're just agreeing verbally to what it is and you just make your mark with the X. But now a legally binding affirmation of a contract is a thumbs up. Which is interesting because, like, one of the things you need, um, like, you need to be able to verify a lot of things to uphold a contract. One of them being that you're, you know, age of majority, um, that you've, that nothing illegal is in the contract. One other one, and then that, uh, that you're of sound mind and body, right? So, technically, if you sign a contract while you're shit faced, it's not binding. And so, if you're just having some beers in the garage and he sends you the text and you're just, you know, you're just, I don't know, having a couple after work pill while you're doing an all change on the combine or something like that. And you're like, hit the thumbs up. There's no way to verify that you are or not sober. And so it's, I, I don't know. Like it's, it's just, it's really interesting that now you've got a legally binding thumbs up. And that there's precedent for it in the Canadian courts now, as if we don't live in a crazy enough fucking country as it is. I just think it's hilarious. Like, where where's Quick? Like, Quick it's Dick, just a, Quick like, Dick must have a video out on this by now, wouldn't he? He, dude, this was from the New York Times. I didn't even hear about this in Canada. Like, it's Saskatchewan farmers arguing, like having it out over a thumbs up on a contract. Like, it's just like you can't, you can't. Like, once again, where do we find the news we want to find? Nobody talks about it. So Tooze finds it in the New York Times. We can't find anything about this. This is literally happening in our backyard. Guys are going at it over a thumbs up on a contract. Like, what? Like, what if it's the pregnant man emoji? What does that mean? You know, what if it's <laughs> if it's just fire? Does that mean it's awesome or you're going to burn the contract down? What if it's the okay sign? You know, like there's just... There's so many different weird emojis that you could pick in. Like if, if you went with the eggplant emoji, does that mean you think that he, you're getting fucked in the contract? <laughs> How do you take this and translate it into legalese? Oh, man. Oh, like Saskatchewan farmers. Just fantastic. CBC has more black marks than a rainbow crosswalk. Uh, see what the, I did there? Yeah, <laughs> I see what you did there, Tubes. The Alberta NDP says it will not apologize to Premier Daniel Smith following a retraction of a report from a CBC alleging someone in Smith, Smith's office emailed Crown prosecutors to question and challenge the handling of cases involving COVID-19 protests in Alberta that blocked traffic at the U.S. border crossing for more than two weeks. Uh, in a statement released Thursday, Justice public safety and emergency service critic Irfan Sabir said Daniel Smith herself was caught on tape admitting to being in a contract with uh, contact with Crown prosecutors and putting pressure on them to drop the charges against Arthur Pulowski, a known extremist who was later convicted in inciting violence against police during the illegal Coots border blockade, he said. I'm not issuing an apology. He said, and then... I'm reissuing my demand over the past several months for a fully independent investigation into all matters of UCP political interference in our justice system. Well, first off, when Arter Pulowski was on the U.S.-Canada border, I guess that would make him a far south extremist? Sure. Okay. Uh, but also, it's it's just really funny. Like, the NDP 
are not a serious party. There's other parties that aren't serious parties. We'll probably get to those in a little bit. But the NDP, they have just been saying Daniel bad, Danielle bad. And there hasn't been any concrete criticisms of them. Like even when Rachel Notley said, oh, the the economy's in shambles. Everything's a disaster. We need to open up the books. And then later on that same day, they actually had, because they were going to do it anyway, and they showed that we've got record surpluses in Alberta and that they paid down a record amount of the NDP fucking debt. And and so like, if you're going to be an opposition party, here's some free advice for the NDP. First of all, read a fucking book. Secondly, if you're going to be an opposition, find valid things to criticize them about, of which there are many. The UCP is not a perfect party by any means. There are no perfect parties. So just look at the actual legitimate things that you can do where, you know what, if they fix them, they make the province better. And then you and everybody ends up winning instead of trying to pick these stupid nitpicky fights over dumb bullshit and then not being able to walk it back when you probably knew ahead of time that it was completely unsubstantiated. So the CBC had this article out months ago, and it was a key plank of the NDP platform during their failed election that that Daniel Smith had done all this. And it's in the CBC, so you could totally trust it. I don't know totally. if anybody's ever fucking looked at the CBC before, but you can't trust everything that they put in there. And so anyway... Daniel Smith had been saying it was false. Everybody on both sides of this had been saying it was false. And then now, you know, oh, a month or two after the election. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, it was we totally kind of made it up. Yep. We made it up. We, we never saw any emails. Yeah. Yeah, not before or during the election campaign. Just, you know, enough time afterwards that the smoke's cleared a little bit. And, you know, our bad, our bad. We probably won't do it often again. <laughs> Defund those motherfuckers. Uh, we, we like to say people kind, not necessarily mankind. Uh, yeah. More inclusive. There we go, exactly. <laughs> yes, thank you. And the budget will balance itself. <laughs> Man, you are you one, were pathetic one pathetic loser. loser. <laughs> no offense. No offense. I, I like this headline. I, I've been I've been wondering what took two so long to get here. The liberals are not a serious party. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I, uh, well, where would you like to, where would you like to start? Where would it be? Would it be Trudeau's, uh, uh, video on, on Canadians who need it most rebate? Well, well not the video itself, but just the fact that Twitter sure. corrected them. So, so in this, so in this, so in this video, it's Trudeau in a grocery store talking about, uh, 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 grocery how rebate and how 11 million Canadians are going to be help, helped out about it. And then they added reader context to the bottom, and this is what the reader context said. In order to qualify, your household income must be 38000 or less, and individuals 32000 or less. Currently, the average minimum, minimum wage worker in Canada, $15.50 an hour, would be making too much to qualify. Think about that. So, yeah, apparently we've got 11 million people who don't make minimum wage. Now, the question is, are they children? 
Are they like, oh, well, there's there's because there's about six million children in Canada right now. <laughs> like, OK, well, there's six million people who are going to qualify for this, despite the fact they don't have a social insurance number so they won't get it. And so, like, where do these numbers fucking come from? Because if you're making less than full time minimum wage. You're probably you probably starved to death already, in which case this is too little too late. This is just a, a stupid pandering thing that nobody can in any practicality apply for unless they've got some kind of a, a great shell game going on with, you know, businesses and stuff. And, and they've never actually made any income on paper or something like that. I, I don't, I don't even know where did this even come from? The next thing on this is okay. Yeah. Perfect. Let's go to that. So this is Michael Geist. I hope I said, did I say that right? Is that how you say it? I'm not sure. Anyways, is this real life? Government mandates payments for links to C18. Meta says will comply, but not linking. Justin Trudeau says democracy is under attack and likens to World War II. Quoted, they made the wrong choice by deciding to attack Canada. We want to defend democracy. This is what we did during World War II. Yeah, he literally compared them saying, okay, well, you changed the rules, so we're not going to play anymore. To the fucking Nazis, because everybody's a Nazi, right? Um, the next thing we're going to go to, share my screen. I, I forgot to put this in. I just realized when we were running, and I, I found it real quick. Okay, this is Christian Freeland in a photo op talking about how great this, this grocery rebate is. Where the fuck is her left hand? I can't see. What What, what is that? They photoshopped her in. Yeah, it's some weird Photoshop thing, but they forgot to include her left hand, and she just... <laughs> so she's just got a stump. She's got and, a stump. Yeah, this honestly, this is the most stumped Christian Freeland has been since the last time somebody gave her a hard question. Uh, do you want... Do you want... Uh, here, let's move the... Do you want this one as well? Reporter, the government won't spend ad money, but the liberal party is spending thousands of ad dollars on Facebook. Isn't that ironic? Rodriguez, the government is one thing. The party is another. Stand up for what you believe in. They're like, well, the government isn't going to spend money on Facebook, but we will because they care more about winning fucking elections than they do about governing according to their principles because they don't have any. And finally, documents equity minister Marcelin spent $82,000 polling Canadians as young as 13 on menstruation. Learned it is not a particularly frequent topic of conversation. $82,000 to find out how often 13-year-olds talk about menstruation. How the fuck is this relevant in any world? And then you you missed one. There's There's another one. There's that tweet from Laura Love. Oh, no, I was getting to it. Sorry. Okay. Well, yep, yep. Sorry. Yep. Here, here's a sitting Liberal Party MP putting up photos of Indian families while attempting to tweet about First Nations. So this click is, on the right hand this, picture. This is a real tweet that happened. Oh, my. And here you go. Uh, Marcy Len. As Canadians, the principles of diversity, inclusivity, and equality is at the fabric of our values. We acknowledge the tragic history that has deep and then you know it cuts off but deep roots i assume or yeah deep history. so they're talking about indigenous relations but they're all east indians in the picture <laughs> okay this is like that really old joke where they're like i'm the dot indian not the feather indian this is this is this is how much the liberals care about this stuff 
is that they couldn't even be bothered to figure out which Indians they're talking about. This is this is Christopher Columbus all over again, Sean. Like this is just so stupid that if we didn't have the picture of it, people would be like, "No, you just made that up. This is a bit. You're you're just doing this for laughs." No, Marcy Ian, who won in a by-election four or five years ago, a former TV anchor, I think it was, who just got in on name brand awareness, the fact that she was in a liberal stronghold rather than actually not being an idiot, is now the heir apparent to Catherine McKenna. This is World Penguin Day all over again, Sean. Hope they don't shit on you, Bubbles. Shit on who? Shit hogs. Big, dirty shit hogs. Uh, I, I used it too soon. I had to use it a second time. I mean, it's just, it's wild, right? It is just wild. Which brings us to Sean's favorite portion of the show, folks. Twitter files and uh, a new song. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the fucking Let me take money, another look. It's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. Oh, <laughs> oh it's such a good. That's just. It's such a great way to set up the movie, and it just gets better from there. And it does. You know, I, I didn't realize until after the fact I'd kind of rewatched it. And then I was like, that's the dude from the end of Lost. The punk who's dunking his head in the toilet. Is it is, really? Is like one of the, the god figures. You know, there was the, the black and the white from Lost. Yeah. He was the white dude. Oh, I got to go back and I got to go back and take a look. Okay. I got to go back and watch Lost anyway. Best damn show ever just about. Okay, well, Twitter files this week. Uh, I, I I talked about it last week. I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about it again. Sound of Freedom uh, came out on July 4th. I and people have been going and seeing it and have been praising it and all these different things. Okay, so last week it was oh you know what it's got a few runs here. There's one theater here that's, that's got right. it. It's got a couple show times. It is. I was looking it, it is, up. It's fucking everywhere. It's blown up. So. I, here, this is this is this is some of it. <clears throat> Sound of Freedom, a religious thriller uh, led by the Passion of the Christ star Jim Caviezel, is becoming an unlikely box office savior. The faith-based movie about child sex trafficking has collected an impressive forty million after sixty day uh, six days of release. Sound of Freedom opened last Tuesday, generated mighty a uh, fourteen point two million on Independence Day. The film picked up another eighteen point two million between Friday and Sunday, enough to place third on domestic box office charts behind Insidious, The the Red Door at 32.6 million, and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, 26.5 million. It's Indiana playing... Jones is making 26 million. That's right, how bad that. that movie sucks. It's playing, now here's, here's where it gets even more interesting. It's playing in 2,850 North American theaters. Insidious, 3,100. Indiana Jones, 4,600. Almost, not not double, but in, what's that? Yeah. 1,200 more, yeah, 1200 more theaters. So, and, and then it goes on. Sound of Freedom was originally set at, uh, at 20th Century Fox and was completed in 2018 before Disney acquired the studio the following year and shelved the film. It's now being distributed, obviously, by an in, independently by Angel Studios. And then it went on to say Utah-based Angel Studios used unconventional efforts to promote the film, including an app that allows pr uh, people to buy and then donate tickets to those who can afford the price of admission. About 2.6 million of opening day sales were earned through the Pay It Forward app, which the company framed as a way to raise awareness about child trafficking. And then I, 
so then I'm like, that okay. That is awesome. Yeah, like that's unreal. And I've never heard of anything like that before. So then you go to Twitter and you're like, okay, so what's Twitter talking about? Well, here's UFC President Dana White Dana saying White. he's going to give all of his UFC employees free tickets to see Sound of Freedom. He's calling on all other businesses to do the same thing so that they can raise awareness about the issue of child and human trafficking. Uh, you just had, uh, oh man, where did he go? Patrick Bet David uh, was there for a while. Patrick Bet David, who you know is a huge uh, uh, podcaster, show he's interviewed a ton of different people, like real big. He comes out, he comes out talking about the the movie and saying like this, you all got to go see this. Elon Musk says he's going to give it free uh, ability to stream on Twitter here in July. So that's like after it comes out of theaters, I assume it's going to be free to watch on Twitter so people can watch it. And he's just going to pay them a couple bucks for everybody who streams it. I assume. Like, isn't, isn't like. There's Mel Gibson. And I read something, I couldn't verify it, but a couple weeks ago, Mel Gibson broke up some child trafficking ring in, I don't know, Australia or something. No kidding. I hadn't. I, I just I heard somebody talking about it on Twitter, but I didn't see any articles about it. So, but, well, but I... it's somebody who's. Yeah, somebody you could take seriously. So, I don't know. I just think it, like, you know, yeah, like, I mean, a week ago, we're encouraging people to go see it, and we're saying, hey, this is where you can go buy tickets from. Hey, type it in. Yeah, it shows you all the, okay, all the, the, all the theaters. Try and find this. Here's, here's the That's spot right. where and you can find the And now it's, like, blowing up everywhere. Run, and now it's everywhere. Yeah, like it's, so it's our, freaking our, cool. our last week's totally irrelevant. Don't even watch it. Don't even watch it anymore. Boop. All gone. Anyways, that's your Twitter files that's for great. this week. Yeah. Jim Caviezel, by the way, I was talking about how Lost is one of the best shows ever. You need to watch Person of Interest if you haven't. Ooh, I have not. Yeah, about first eight or nine episodes, probably. They're kind of formulaic. And then all of a sudden, it just goes insane. And it doesn't let up for another four and a half seasons. Not till the show is over. It's just such a great show. And it's got Sarah Shayu, who used to be a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader, so. I want to pull this back up, too, because I, I went down the Twitter the rabbit hole of uh, Sound of Freedom. And, of course, then people started tagging, like, mainstream news out of the states. Here's CNN vocally opposes the release of Sound of Freedom, a movie exposing Why? the reality of Czech They're calling it a QAnon, QAnon, freedom, uh, QAnon film. They're saying it's, it's, uh, it's going to create more, um, you know, basically... Uh, it's going to shut down child trafficking. <laughs> know, right? Like, you just, like... With the, it, so CNN's literally talking about it. It's a real problem, but why is this bad? Well, he's encouraging QAnon, folks. That's what he's doing. And you're like, you're insane. Is there even any QAnon left? It was basically just horoscopes for the far right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does anybody still take it seriously anymore? Somebody will, somebody will text. Somebody will text. I'm sure they will. All right. Your happy news for the end of Mashup 63. That was happy news. Uh, I agree. I, Twitter files has been a very interesting... Uh, uh, pretty much every time Every we week we've it. got something great to say about it. Usually uh, a couple things. Like even how they fact-checked Trudeau yeah. over, the, over the, the food benefit thing. Which is, by the way, like a third of Canada is too poor to buy groceries. And we're helping you out. Get fucked, you idiot. <laughs> it's always the cute ones that get all the breaks. Uh, Staffordshire is celebrating the birth of the first baby beaver in over 400 years. And I like Tuz then put on a link to Wikipedia about wolves and how they're extinct. And I, uh, are they going to bring wolves back, I assume, is where you're going? And- yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> let's, let's bring beavers back. And it, it's always like whenever they want to reintroduce 
uh, animals you know it's it's always just like the the little you know the ones that seem cuddly or whatever else but meanwhile like <clears throat> great britain took something like a thousand years and bounties over centuries to eradicate bears and wolves from the island because it used to be a peninsula back a few thousand years right it used to be sealand i think or something like that um but anyway so then you had this insular isolationism and it took them like a thousand years to get rid of all the bears and wolves in great britain no because they eat people and animals and you know it literally whatnot. said that they and would then, in the in the wikipedia it literally said that uh, they wouldn't kill convicted felons they'd make them uh, have to pay with tongues of wolves they had a tongue yeah. quota they had to bring back in order to be kept instead of going to prison and like dying yeah, and so so they actively got rid of all of them because, you know, wolves on an island, probably a little bit difficult to work with. And then, but, oh, the cute beavers, let's bring those back. And so, yeah, on the one hand, it's nice for everybody except for rivers and streams. But on the other hand, at what point are we going to have an honest conversation about which animals we do and don't want to keep and at what point is us putting our thumb on the scales of evolution going to start to be a bad thing? You know, all these animals that we're trying to keep from extinction, some of them fairly caused by us, but others, I mean, yeah, that we killed off the dodo birds because, you know, people just land in Madagascar drunk as fuck on rum and they'd swat one on the head with a stick and then it would squawk and all the other ones would run over to see what's going on. And then they just knock them all on the head and everybody eats. It's, it's why the whooping cranes almost went extinct in Canada because you could kill one of them with a stick and then there's your protein as, as a homesteading family, right? And so, you know, yeah, yes, it was humans that did it, but it was also going to be just literally the first thing that came along was going to do the exact same thing. And it really makes Are me we on happy it, news it today. Me... I should have, I should have put Twitter files as happy news. What the hell is the happy news out of this? They have a Bieber and now, now you're just like lamb based. Well, well, they're reintroducing a species and I'm guessing that they went extinct when top hats were a big thing. Right. And so, Hey, you know what? We caused an animal to not understand. exist anymore in this ecosystem. Now we're bringing it back. That's kind of nice. It's you, you understand why the beaver pelt uh, was such a big thing back in the day, right? Hudson Bay Company and all the yep. all the beavers that got absolutely um, taken out over here. You know, it kind of makes yep. sense when they've been extinct for four hundred years. You kind of understand. Anyways, that's that's going to do it up for mashup sixty three. Good sir. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm well, my brain hurts. It, I'm. I'm tired. I'm. Re I'm ready to go to bed. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready to get up in the morning, do some driving, and uh, the next time we chat, we well, will be back. Video, we'll be yeah. back live streaming, so you can expect it next. You know, the live stream to be back at the same time, folks, and um, it'll just be a little different look from Sean's side. You know, so that's all yeah, I got for you tonight. I'm that's all I got for you. To it, man. Safe travels. You betcha. Okay, we'll catch up to you next week, twos, folks. As always, can't wait to hear the thoughts on the mashup and uh, whether uh, and whether there's any QAnon folks still out there. Yeah. <laughs>